Tom Panos, John McGrath and Troy Malcolm, we're here for Million Dollar Agent and my goal is strategically by July 1, I'm going to change the way that I introduce the podcast. <laughs> I, want to, I want to go through to July 1. John, welcome back. This is the best part of the podcast where we actually don't drive the agenda ourselves but it's sourced by real estate agents and during the week had a question that came in. Look, it came in as a four-page question, and yeah. I could tell anyone that goes to first the first piece of advice: get more succinct in the communication. Never use a thousand words when fifty will do. Four pages. God love the person, but for, you know you got to say, "Here's my problem." On a serious note, you got to get get yeah. down to it. I want to know what the problem is, and we certainly don't want to say his or her name now. But um, what is their problem? So all I've done is taken a short paragraph and summed it up. Okay. Here it is. Want some advice? from you guys, been in the industry for three years Mm -hmm. and finding it difficult. And I'm not sure that the company that I'm at is right. Also want you to allocate some time on the podcast to see um, weighing up the options of moving a company, going to another area. Moving from his current or Moving from the current company, company, going to another area. um, And also look at things such as moving to different kinds of properties. So pretty much I've summed it up as, as John, this is a question, and by the way, I think he does talk for a lot of real estate agents because I get asked this question a lot of the times when things aren't going right for agents, yeah. they start saying, is the office right? Is the location right? Should we actually be in a, a dearer area? Should I be in a cheaper area? Let me reframe the question because I reckon hidden between those lines there's another question. That question is, I'm in the industry three years, I've hit a plateau, I grew for the first year or two, I was incredibly excited, now my business seems to have evened off and I don't know how to get to the next level. Because I think a lot of people, and I'm saying this respectfully because whoever wrote the four-page letter, um, you know, I I respect that this, they think that might be the question, but I suspect it could be, why have you hit a plateau? So, I think this is an easy one, Tommy. Some of of the things I think, Number one is, I don't care who you work for, where you work, you can still be absolutely superb in your own brand and your own bubble, and you can have 50, 60, 70% market share if you're that good, no matter who you work for. Now that doesn't mean, by the way, that there aren't some better and some worse companies to work for. I get that, and I, you know, we obviously hope that we're one of the better companies to work for, and that's why people join us. But putting it aside, basically, I think wherever you are now, most people are operating at 25% of their capacity. Mm. So I don't have a problem with people contemplating a move, but I don't want people to blame where they're at currently to be the reason for the move. I think always have a radar out. Is there somewhere you think, you know, where it's more fertile, where you can grow better? Is there a a more empowering environment? Is there someone else that provides you with a stronger set of tools? But you should never blame your current performance on where you're at now. Because now you want to go to YouTube you, get, you can go for free, you can punch in secrets of the world's best property listers, negotiators. You can get any information. I've heard people say to me, Tom, and you hear it too, oh, you know, our company doesn't train us. I said, dude, what do you think the internet's for? Yeah. Go on the internet, cost you nothing, you know, register on Tim Ferriss's blog yeah. and, and James Altucher and go to YouTube, cost you nothing and you get some gems. Yeah. So have you done that yet? No, I haven't done that yet. Well, you know, come on, you can't blame people for everything. Yeah. So the first thing I think we, I would like to push back and say, wherever they're at, they can probably do two to three times the business. So let's get on that track. Now, at the same time, is there a better place to go? When I, when I say to people about choosing companies, a couple of things I look at. Forget commission. 
I don't care if you're getting paid 50, 60, 70%. At the end of the day, the most important thing is growth and values alignment. Yeah. So growth means you're with a company that's not only supporting your growth, they're coaching you, they're holding you accountable, they're challenging you, and they have an environment where there's a strong natural growth fit. Second thing is values alignment. Are you proud of the people you're working for? Do they tell the truth? Are they committed to excellence? Do they have a real community culture? Are they doing things that benefit the community rather than just benefit them? So I think if you have a values alignment, because that stuff, by the way, is far more important than an extra 3%. And financially, if you're working in an environment that has all of those things where you can't wait to get to work every day, you're going to earn another two, three times your revenue anyway. So people say to me, oh, I've been offered another 5% from that company. I say, well, 5% of what? Current earnings? Why don't we have a conversation that says, how do you double your current sales volume? And then the 5% is irrelevant. Yeah. So I think that, um, what, how, how do we summarize that? Number one is the reason that you're not doing better is, is primarily you. Two is if you do decide you want to make a move, I, I would recommend you forget commission structures. Uh, yeah, forget to a reasonable. I mean, I'm not saying if someone's paying you 20%, that's a sensible. But assuming most commission structures nowadays in this country for high performers fall somewhere between 45 and 65% roughly yep. um, to the agent, I think wherever you are, just find the best place that's going to nurture, support, encourage, challenge you and go for there. John, what about on the two issues of... Um the people that you serve, the vendors and the buyers. Mm. How important is it that you are that kind of person, that you get on with those people, that these are the sort of people that you see yourself as? Look, I think there are natural fits. I mean, if, if I was a 25-year-old young person who's just got married, I'd probably be wanting to service people that are a bit like that, and I'd probably want to work in an area either where I lived or near where I lived. So I think there are generally some natural fits. Having said that, a great agent can generally um, move to serve as any community. I mean, I think if I was went to a regional area or, a, or Australia or America, it wouldn't matter, I would, I would apply a certain discipline and strategy and would still achieve great results. So I think what you've got to do is very much um, make a decision geographically. When you start, ideally, because real estate is one of those few industries, Tom, that geography is kind of pretty relevant. Mm. You can build up five years in a community, product knowledge, networks, com, you know, centres of influence. Then to move to a new territory 20 kilometres away, it's almost like starting again. You're back in kindergarten to some degree. So I think the geography is important. John, I want to... Uh, ha how about this issue where you hear agents wanting to take their average price up yeah. as a KPI? So Tom Hector from Harris in yeah. February. Great little agent. Tom. Great agent. Did 21 deals. Say hello to Sarah down there. Hey, Sarah. Hey, Sarah. How we'll are have you? you? We'll have you back here. And Uncle Phil, Phil Harris. And Phil Harris. <laughs> does a great job. Yeah. I saw her also, I'm, I know I'm off track here, but uh, the boys from Owens and Castley, they sent me a brochure on a new property they've listed. Phenomenal. They're really, they're shooting their lights out. Great brand. They're Phil Harris and those, and those boys, uh, Alex and Nathan. Are they put Adelaide on the map as a real estate uh, um, hub there. What they've done, they've uh, really made the attraction business model yes. come up in Adelaide. They're very good. Those two companies are world class. Yeah. World, I mean, it's great to see. And Adelaide's a smaller population than Sydney, Melbourne and Brisbane. And it's great to see those guys. Toops always yeah, had... Toops, uh, Anthony and his daughters are doing a great job as well. Yeah. So it's great. So, so great John, let's talk about this. So, so Tommy Hector... He was doing a conference with me last week. He said to me, Tom, I've done 21, 21 deals for, I think, 190,000 commission. Wait, so, in what period? 
uh, for four weeks, for the month. month of February. 21 Amazing. Deals. 21 so it's a deal sales. a day, pretty much. A 21 deal a day. sales. So then um, Gavin Rubenstein the other day from Ray White Double Bay, he did 500,000 in four weeks yep. doing 12 deals. Yes. Then we got Michael Coombs, yep. who's also one of the Eric speakers, who's um, great to listen to. Mossman. Mossman. He did 650, I think, or thereabouts. 650, 648,000 right. last month. Yeah. Then we got uh, uh, Ben Collier, who did uh, the other weekend $30 million worth yeah, of... Yeah, $29,580,000 in two days. In two days. So, John, let's talk about this issue where you've got, you know, a person that's doing lots of deals in a low commission area and a person doing less deals in a high commission area. Um, what's your view? Well, look, I think people got to understand, I, during the GFC, a lot of those big ticket areas were not moving at all. Um, so even if you had big market share, the number of sales, you look at Palm Beach and Sydney, Whale Beach, you know, they're pretty like David Edwards, some of the best agents in the country there, but they had nothing to sell because no one was selling and no one was buying. So I, I think you've got to look at it in a cycle. And in a cycle, I would say that Tom's in a pretty good space, Tom Hector. Anyone that's selling 21 deals at an average sales price, of, I don't know, half a million dollars, or yeah. that's a good space. Um, Tom might decide, Tom Hector might decide that he wants to go and start targeting a million, a million and a half or two million dollar properties. Yeah. I would encourage that, but I would also say to Tom or anyone like that, um, keep the base of properties that you're doing along the way because the, the small fish are the sweet fish. I've got to tell you, if you can be doing a couple of deals a week, I mean, Tom's a freak to do 20 sales, it's, that's amazing and he deserves it. Um, but if you can be doing you know, six, eight, ten property sales a month in most areas of Australia where the median price nowadays is above 500000 anywhere, yeah. regional, metropolitan, anywhere, that's a hell of a living. Yeah. That's a really good, you know, that's like a half a million to a million dollar gross earnings um, uh, living. So I think that's good. But you can, look, there's no doubt, you can make a switch. Bethwin Richards from our office, I remember uh, Pauline Good used to work for us. Pauline did the top end down at Tamarama, one of the best. She left and started her own business. And long story short, Bethwin came and said to me, I want to do the top end. She said, what should I do? I said, well, you've done the first thing. You made a decision. So that's great. You're on the way. Second thing is, let's talk about the differences between doing middle end and top end. And we had that discussion, you know, about vendors and their style and, and what are their expectations and how you've got to be stronger at marketing because these homes need it and so on and so forth. And, uh, you know, now she does amazing business and she's one of the top agents in Australia as well. Uh, in fact, Troy, you were working with Bethwin not long after she made that switch. Yeah. So you would know very well that time. Um, so I think that uh, you've got to make the decision if you want to do it. I would not leave your core business behind. I would continue doing it and then just cherry pick, hand pick the odd one. And now Bethwin, of course, she pretty well, Troy, specialises in $3 million plus. But when she first made the, the leap, she was continued to do the you know, in today's dollars, the half million dollar homes, those nice little yeah. units and things while she grew her market share. So I think you can do that. And then it's just a matter of deciding. And, um, you know, there's no doubt if you can do the top end and you can do high volume at the top end, it's, you're untouchable yeah. in the Australian market. It's funny you mentioned the Bethwin thing. Bethwin attests her success to a lot of buyer nurturing yeah. and growing with her clientele. So when those buyers came in and bought those, $500,000 homes as they are today, they've grown over time as well when the market has improved and they've gone to the next level and started upgrading. Yeah. So Bethwin really attributes a lot of her success to managing those buyers' expectations and making that paradigm shift so, of growing. So her business grew as her clients grew and went to different stages. 
So well, Bethel was one of the great. The number of comments I've had over the years about she was Beth your ex-PA, wasn't she? she? Yeah, she, well, she started as a sales secretary, right. and then she was my PA, and then she became a junior sales agent. Now she's a partner in the business and one of the best agents in Australia. But um, secret to her success over the years has has been very much around nurture. She looks after people better than anyone else. Um, she listens. She follows through. She cares. She's genuine. She's authentic. So whatever she may or may not have in terms of what other natural skills one might expect or, or hope an agent's going to have. She is just really looks after people mm. and that counts for a lot. Now of course she is a brilliant agent, that's on top of that, that's the cream on top of the cake. Um, but you know, just starting there with bioservicing as Troy said, really important. So I think I'd, I would definitely um, encourage them to consider shifting up um, in terms of a higher price property. It's not hard, it's generally the same, you just need to make the decision, probably polish up your listing and selling presentation, your negotiation. Obviously, if you're selling a home to $3 million buyers as opposed to $500,000 first-home buyers, you're going to have a stronger negotiator against you in the buy side. Mm. So you need to really hone up your negotiation skills because ultimately that's what we're paid for. Correct. Not to be a, an order taker, but to actually negotiate the highest possible outcome. So um, definitely do some of that. All right. That was a great podcast. I think it's inspiring to know. Well, we to, finished already. To, to, well, we've been given the, the, the signal again. Um, to, uh, it's, 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 it's inspiring to know whether you're selling a house that gives you eight grand commission or you're selling a house that gives you $50,000 commission, you can be a million dollar agent. And I think yeah. the one thing I get out of your conversation, John, that started this podcast is this. Worrying about an extra 5 or 10% commission is the last thing on your list in making a decision about leaving a branch. Because yeah. as I was saying to uh, an agent yesterday, it says, don't worry about the listing you missed out on. Worry about the 10 you never got called in. And that can be an actual issue. If you actually got a high commission, but you're actually not doing many deals, there's no point gloating that you're on 70% if you're doing five transactions a year. Yeah. No, no, it's 100% right. So, um, gentlemen, that concludes the just podcast. Before, or is there something you want to say, John? No, no, I was just going to say, could we just edit that bit where you spoke for a while, Troy, out of this tape? Is that possible? Unbelievable. No, well, he doesn't realise a couple of weeks ago. Shouldn't be in his contract. We were. So, did you, did you do one miles away? Yes. <laughs> John, we got so how many, okay. people, how many people listen to it? <laughs> he didn't listen to it, obviously. Listen, John, it's unbelievable. How many people listen to it? We, was there 000. was there a spike downwards yeah, on the? Spike up. This is so. This is this is interesting. Oh We've God. done our podcast. John's just got wind that something's happened while he's been away. This it. is over. So here's what happened, John. We got the phone call that you weren't around. Troy said, "Listen, I've got a great podcast in my head," and we were over. Um, but uh, so for the people that heard that one, could you just go and rate it down on Apple <laughs> iTunes? Go to iTunes. Just um, put, give that a one star and just give this one a five star, just to put it back on track. There's one person that we can't get to do. John, we we got a problem because we can do all the talking, but unfortunately, man, you can't do any editing. So we're in Troy Malcolm's hands. But while you've got me on the subject of stars, can I just, I would love it. Like, we don't get any money. We don't sell these podcasts, but it does, it is highly valued that you go off there and give us a rating on iTunes. One of the reasons I'm saying it is because I notice everyone else on podcasts says it. Um, well, yeah, so what do they do? They go to iTunes and they hit... They go to iTunes and they uh, can rate it and put stars or they can also write a review on what they think right. about Please it. Please be kind on the reviews. Okay. Nice comments. 
Thank if you, you can't say something nice, don't say anything at all. That's what I say. <laughs> that's, be- that's, a, that's, a, that's a beautiful line because no one likes an unnice person. <laughs> we'll see you all next see week. See you next or at least week. Speak to you. Bye. Thank Bye you. Guys.